This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. Welcome to another week of us talking about hockey. Absolutely. Caps fans, we have an amazing episode for you, as always. Typical Monday episode. We're going to be discussing a week in review of your very own Washington Capitals, along with news around the NHL, updates, suspensions, injuries, and maybe a little playoff, a little playoff picture action, uh, especially when it comes to the Metropolitan Division and the East at large. So uh, I think we should just pop some tabs and get into it. What do you think, Polly? Let's get after it. One, two, three. All right. Well, first, I have some a bit of exciting news. So, as you know, I generally go, well, I have gone to the past couple uh, Penguins-Caps games in Pittsburgh, as we live in Wheeling, a suburb, as some would say, of Pittsburgh, but really it's just like an hour outside in West Virginia. Um, as, notably, a, as a Wheeling uh, lifelong native, I do not want to be known as a suburb i will tell you that yeah i mean that's kind of like um i don't even know it's like being the jv squad of the jv squad is that yeah like i the... mean come on don't 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 start turning this into a wheeling insult <laughs> i threw you a bone here <laughs> all right all right fine um uh it was more of a pittsburgh insult for sure but um but yeah so uh about an hour outside uh, Pittsburgh here, and you know you can drive in pretty easily and see a game and have some drinks and then come back out. But uh, while at these this most recent beatdown the Caps laid out uh, in Pittsburgh, which we'll talk to uh, ad nauseum a little a little later today, uh, I met a fan of the official Caps Trip podcast. First of all, didn't know those existed. Did you, Polly? I thought it was just like your family that listened to this. I mean, that was definitely the trend for a while. Um, I mean, that's like a hundred listens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think this has been what, you know, almost two years in the making, finally meeting up with Andrew. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew Coleman, super fan of the of the podcast, he was actually at the game with his wife, his whole family, and he's like a kind of a Western PA guy. Um, but uh, as I joked, he was spit out by the Matrix as his entire family, everybody that he's with, is like all they're all Penguins fans. They're all you know P- Penguins, Steelers. You know, they're typical like Western PA um, clan. There, you know, with the with the a proper sports affiliations, but obviously Andrew is a huge Caps fan. So, like I said, you know, the the Matrix spit him out, and he's he's now uh, living in reality, which is great. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> to to go with another movie you know, reference here, he's he's on he left the dark side. Mm. Classic, classic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. You know, he we met up. He uh, he was in, I think, like uh, section two hundred five or something, and and we met up halfway. I was in two eighteen. I like to get seats that are like middle ice, like center ice ish, as center as you can get. Um, I don't really care about how high I am because I like to see like the whole ice, right? Everything unfold. Um, but uh, yeah, he bought. He was super cool. Really, I was really humbled. Like he was excited to meet me which was weird i'm not because i mean not trying to dog on him or in any way but it's just like i don't know i just did not feel i do not feel like i'm a celebrity and it's weird i only feel like i'm definitely not (laughs) i yeah right but i I always but i also which you're right but i like i don't (laughs) that sounded so conceited (laughs) no but like what i'm trying to say is like i'm just super humbled uh by by his like fucking love of the podcast and shit and like how how cool he was uh bought me a beer i mean solid guy yeah you know i mean i i obviously i wasn't there or i would have been a part of the story but um it definitely it's it is it's weird that people 
you know, want to meet us and like us. Um, <laughs> but we do appre- like we do appreciate it. it it's it, it's, it's really cool. So right. It's not weird on their behalf. It's just weird on yeah. our behalf because I think we think yeah. so lowly of ourselves. We're just – we're pretty just <laughs> like self – That's exactly uh, – exactly it. Yeah. We're kind of like self-degrading here. Uh, that's kind of where I think our comedy of uh, the show comes from. But like at the same time, um, I mean I just felt really good that people enjoy it because we started this as like two idiots talking about hockey – and we were like, nobody's ever going to listen to this. And then some people did, and we got picked up by the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, shout out Ish and Dylan. And then people are listening to us. I mean, and again, you know, we, it's people we don't actually know in real life, right? Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, that's the only people who listened. So the fact that we were able to breach the plateau of uh, just people listening because they know us and they feel bad, um, you know, people listen to us by choice now not just because they feel some kind of sense of um loyalty to to their relatives to their friends <laughs> right. yeah let's just be let's be real like it, they just listen because yeah. they're like oh polly's on the internet this is let's see what happens here <laughs> yeah i hope yeah. he doesn't embarrass us so, yeah it's it's cool to to know that we're at a point where you know people we didn't know previously actually like us Absolutely, absolutely. And again, you know, this is why we do it. So thanks, uh, first of all, to Andrew for being super cool and, you know, buying me a beer and, you know, having a nice convo in between periods. And uh, thanks to all of you who are listening. Uh, if, you know, if that's something that you like, <laughs> we're glad to yeah. provide it. You know, and just while we're at it, just a quick shout out to Brittany for giving us love every so often. Yeah. On, on Twitter, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm gonna shout out my brother PJ too. He he was just he he went out of his way to text me the other day and say he really enjoyed the uh, our conversation on Gudis's hip check. Oh, <laughs> yeah, classic. Uh, awesome. Good shit. Good shit. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's the episode. We're just gonna cut it here. We've already <laughs> we've already peaked. Yeah. Uh, We've already broken our arms, jerking ourselves off enough for this this week. So, uh, you know, see you next week or on Thursday. Um, no, just kidding. But we do we do have some league news. So let's get into some hockey talk here. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, in a somewhat of a surprising decision, announced Tuesday that he will retire from the NHL at the end of this season. 36-year-old has 282 goals and 1,013 points in 17 seasons with the Ducks. Very good career. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a couple of things about Getzlav, just not, I know we always do this, but to make, to, to make an OV uh, observation here is, you know, looking, he's got over a thousand points, less than 30% are goals. You know, that just goes to show, I mean, that's more of like a typical hockey career for any player, you know, like assists are important. And a centerman at that, he's a centerman too, so. Yeah. I mean, and so, I mean, he's had a very good career, a very good hockey player, and it just goes to show you how special Ovi is for what he's doing scoring. And then also, you know, he's like the same age as Ovi, and there's a big difference in the impact they, oh, excuse me, they have on the game at this point in their lives. And just looking at a Stanley Cup champion, gold medalist, very, or, uh, a hockey player with a lot of achievements like Ryan Getzlav just makes me think of how lucky we are to have Ovi. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have it in my head that Ryan Getzlaff is retiring because he doesn't want to play with those douchebags on the, uh, those young, those young skilled up fucks, uh, <laughs> on, on well, the Anaheim squad right now. I mean, yeah, he came through the ducks when they were, you know, they won the cup because they had that, you know, one of the big factors was they had that big line that was basically just three linebackers. I think they yeah. were all over 240. And, um, you know, so he's he's definitely from a, a different style of hockey than the guys he's playing with right now. Yeah, I mean, he won the cup in 2007. Um, it was uh, it was like a run of destiny for the for the Anaheim Ducks. It was, uh, you know, I'll remember that one for sure. Probably definitely one of the best uh, 
playoff runs I think anybody's ever seen. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, and it was. I think it was extra special because it kind of felt like it was uh, JS Jaguar's last shot, right? And you know, kind of sucked because by that point Paul Correa wasn't there anymore, so he didn't get the cup, right? And the Niedermeyer brothers were together. After Solani, though Solani was on that team, right? Yeah, Tamu, yeah. the Finnish Flash. And the fact that they had lost just a few years before definitely i think made it more gratifying that from what i can remember you know in this millennium that is definitely as a a team that i wasn't a fan of that might be my favorite cup run yeah like really won us over it will because and if you think about it back when they did make that push with korea still on the squad um that was the only time a player from a non-cup winning team won the Conn Smythe. And J.S. Jaguar won the Conn Smythe trophy and didn't win the cup. Yeah. And that's that's even crazier because he was dueling against Martin Brodeur. Yeah. Right. Right. Like you would think Brodeur, you know, if if they if they didn't think someone else on the roster deserved it from New Jersey, he'd be yeah. their go to. And they were just like, no. You know, Jaguar played that well, even though his team didn't win. Yeah, Jiggy gets no love in the like elite all time all time elite goaltending talk because like he was really he like came out of nowhere and then before you knew it he'd won his cup and he was gone. Um, you know, it was really just like a few years spat. Uh, and you know, of course, it's Anaheim, so all the big you know TV market and and East Coast teams nobody really paid that much attention. Uh, Back is how the divisions were aligned back then. Uh, so you really just have kind of, I'm sure he's a legend in California, don't get me wrong, or even in the West, like in Western Conference teams, but he really doesn't, not enough respect on his name for sure. Uh, carving out a really unique piece of history there in the NHL. For sure. And I think, you know, I bet you that rebrand didn't do them any favors prior to winning the cup because. You know, a casual or non-hockey fan would be excited about the Mighty Ducks logo. Right. And then just, they rebranded right before winning the cup. So then it didn't matter anymore. But before then, it probably wasn't super exciting for the the people who loved, I mean, because I, I think the Mighty Ducks jerseys and logo are the, the best in NHL history. Ooh, wow. So I didn't, yeah. I don't, I didn't like how they were basically like a commercial team. I didn't like that. Uh, but that... The the duck goalie mask though, I mean, phew. some designer at Disney, some guy in a, you know, because back then when they, I mean, they were still doing stuff in pen and paper, so some guy probably drew that and he's his name's lost forever, I'm sure, but because it was just the credit was taken by the Disney overlord hive mind, yeah. but you know, like, yeah, iconic for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I wonder how Disney felt knowing that they sold the team like three years prior to winning a cup. They don't give a fuck. They're like, nah. they're like oh, oh yeah, still rich, still rich. <laughs> Let me check with accounting. Um, are we still rich? Yeah, we're still very rich. And and if you look at Disney today, I'm pretty sure that selling the cup winning Anaheim Ducks did not. Uh, fuck their margins in fact it probably was like dead weight off their books <laughs> yeah I, I i had heard that them and the baseball team because they had the angels mm -hmm. that they were they were both just dead weight i mean yeah if there was anything that upset them they're probably fine we'll just go buy star wars <laughs> yeah and marvel and yeah. everything else <laughs> simpsons like just all the big money makers right yeah darn <laughs> The Anaheim Ducks. That's the one that got away, right, Polly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, to me it is because, you know, I grew up with the Mighty Ducks. Sure. Of course, me too. Of, I mean, I was I was actually of age when they came out. You just got the residual effect of them. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was probably only – probably only the third one was one I was, like, was able to look forward to and – Like theater release. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess I'm fucking old. Anyways, moving on. 
Marion Hosa retired after signing a one-day contract with the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday before the game against the Seattle Kraken. The three-time Stanley Cup champion hasn't played since the 2016-17 season and was inducted in the Hall of Fame last November. His career was ended by a progressive skin disorder. Uh, I think a lot of people gave Hosa shit for this. Well, people gave Hosa shit for everything, right? I mean, he was on the yeah. Penguins, then he moved to Detroit, and then he finally landed in um, in Chicago and was called a cup chaser. But on every single one of those teams, he was the reason they were mad. The fan bases that he left was because he was an incredibly impactful player. I mean, an elite yeah. talent. Uh, and he, when when and to his credit. He very much played his like cards right when it came to contracts and things, and he was able to have that freedom to move and, and, ch- and chase cups. So I, I mean, while I understand like he may not look like the most loyal player, uh, he wanted to be on teams that could compete, and he did that, and I can't hate him for it. No, you? it didn't bother me one bit. I mean, he was. He, I think he was a deadline acquisition for the Penguins. So yeah. why would he have any loyalty? in that situation. Right. And then he went to Detroit just because, you know, he got a good offer and he thought they were competitive. So, okay. And then after that one year, he was probably, he, I mean, maybe he saw they weren't going to be competitive or it could have just been a business thing, you know, but, um, it, it's obvious that he was a big part of going to three cups in a row. Like you said, he wasn't, um, I mean, yeah, he's no Pat Maroon because he didn't win all three, but um, he, uh, I don't have a problem with with what he did either. Maybe if he had, the Caps had been one of the teams in that situation, it would have been annoying, but. um, From the outside looking in, it seems like above the table here. And to your point, you know, he was dead like acquisition for the Pens. They tried to re-sign him. He was like, nah, um, Pittsburgh's trash. And then he was like, I'm going to go to Detroit. Imagine that saying Pittsburgh's trash. Pittsburgh's so bad that they, that you want to like get the hell out of there and go to Detroit. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, so during that season, Penguins lose to Detroit in the final. Um, he goes to Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings lose to the Penguins in the final. And, you know, of course it, it starts the whole Sidney Crosby, Cup winning bullshit argument. Uh, so, you know, I could see morally why he wouldn't want to be a part of that Penguins team. And then he goes to uh, Chicago and just goes off for three cups. Like, found found a home. Yeah, and you know, as a as a lifelong hockey player, especially growing up, uh, the fact that he he's not from North America. If if someone gave me the choice and they said be loyal to a professional team that will sell you off if they get a better offer or give yourself an opportunity to win the biggest prize in hockey history that you've grown up wanting. I mean, come on, what are you going to pick? You're going to pick the cup opportunity. Oh, no doubt. I, I mean, it made perfect sense to me. I, I mean, I always just laughed at, uh, Penguins fans because they were just so butthurt about the whole thing. And then they were like, they thought that they had won some sort of, thing because they beat Hosa in the Red Wings that year uh purely well, based they did. on I mean they won the cup. <laughs> but yeah, but like you know, let's be honest that that win was purely luck. Uh it was a combination of the NHL just making it happen for him and Max Talbot having like an incredible game 7, right? Or game game yeah. 6. Max Talbot yeah, and scored like every goal in that last game. Yeah, and Flurry. Yeah, but fuck him too. <laughs> Dude, I'm on one uh, on Pittsburgh sh- today. Like, uh, first of all, fuck that team so hard, and we're gonna talk about why. In my hatred is re-inflamed or ignited. Um, but you know, I've in the in the recent like Twitter argument sphere, there's been a lot. <laughs> of Yinzers coming out to like defend their city when we're like, yo, Pittsburgh's a shithole. Fuck that city. Right. They're like, Oh, 
it used to be a steel town has reinvented itself. I'm literally still arguing with Pam. So shout out Pam. Uh, she <laughs> reads as a much older lady, which is okay. But um, Pam is saying, you know, it's got great food. It's a diverse cultural city. Like making it seem like it's some sort of like destination Pittsburgh is. And, you know, yeah, Forbes did say like it's the most livable city uh, in America right now. Which, you know, do with that moniker what you will. The most livable. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that, does yeah, that mean you like you don't mean. enter the premises and die immediately? Well, that's that's good. I'm not sure how many cities that actually happens in, but... Um, <clears throat> That'd be a really good stat in The Walking Dead. Right. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> and so, like, y- you... I don't know. I don't think Pittsburgh is that diverse. As a matter of fact, it really isn't. It's, you know, majority white. Uh, city, you know, and I've talked to you about how I think that Pittsburgh is maybe an up and coming food city, but it's definitely not one now. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's much there. And, you know, this person was like, Hey, uh, you know, we have pho and Mexican food. Did you fucking know that? I'm like, yeah. Oh, so like basic staples of every other large city you have. Wow. Wow. And yeah, like, and so Mexi- her peak Mexicans is the benchmark, like, like the starting off point of like every other city, right? Yeah. I mean, Mexican food is pretty much everywhere. Right. And I, and I was like, I was like, look, you know, um, the, the, the peak of culinary, uh, prowess in Pittsburgh is adding coleslaw and french fries to a sandwich lady like get over yourself well I mean I do enjoy a primani sandwich hey it's not bad food it's not terrible but you know um, Michelin star rated no not even the Zagat (laughs) alright so let's move on to the playoffs (laughs) congrats Marion Hosa by the way yeah congrats Um, so half of the East is locked up. The Panthers, Hurricanes, Rangers, and Leafs. So that still leaves each division with one team to clinch, and both wild card spots are still open. Yep. And then the West is wide open, with the Avalanche being the only team who has clinched in, uh, I believe, unless they drop a couple games, are going to win the President's Trophy. Them and the Panthers are pretty close together on um, – on points okay. once it loads here. Uh, and we're looking so, at like 10 games left in the season, folks, by the way. Yeah, there's – yeah, okay. So there's 10 games left, and the Avalanche have two more points than the Panthers. So the President's Trophy is pretty much coming down to them unless they both lose the rest of their games. Then it will be Toronto or Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the East is still very – I mean, we pretty much know who's going to make it, but – um, I mean, no one has. Cl- There's still four teams that haven't clinched, but it looks very much like it's pretty much set in stone, unless basically. Well, well, well the Caps would basically four- have to win. Then, in the next few, if the Caps win a couple more games, I think that they will statistically eliminate the Islanders soon, unless the Islanders also keep pace. Um, I but think even it- then, I don't think it's going to be possible. I think if the Islanders were to win their remaining 11 game or yeah, 11 games mm-hmm. and say Pittsburgh didn't win again, then the Islanders could. Uh, yeah. So basically we're hoping for an Islander 11 game winning streak and a penguin eight game losing streak. And that would knock the penguins out of the playoffs. That would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would already, by the way, Berlansky and I have a bet. Um, it's full on dinner for him and his girlfriend. Likewise for me, or I'm sorry, fiance. Now, congrats, Berlansky. By the way, um, full on dinner, like bottle service, all of it. If for the loser wow. to pay, I mean, bottle service is like all right, two bottles of wine, men, right? I mean, table of four, two bottles of wine, that ain't shit. So minimum yeah. though, we have to drink two bottles of wine. You should go to D.C. and just take him to Afghan house. 
<laughs> Dude, and I know that we were talking about it. I thought I heard Afghan House fucking close. So please, if somebody knows that if, if Afghan House in like uh, Arlington is either Arlington or Alexandria, if it's still open, I mean, just chef's kiss. 3 a.m. delivery, bro. Full yeah, on. Full on. Well, I'm, I think that's the time we called. I mean, it's still... I don't we called it like 2.30 and it got there at 3. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was in the Uber professing my love <laughs> to the to the person taking my order. And they were yeah. so nice too. They were like, oh, you want this meal? Like what kind of sides do you want? And I was like, I, I, I really cannot make an educated decision here. I haven't even seen your menu. Like tell me what you got. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I was just like – You just, were like – you were like, give me the spinach. Oh, the spinach sounds great. Love you, mean it. <laughs> Bro, but there's spinach. Uh, spinach and salmon and chicken yeah. wings and like three other meals. <laughs> it was like $80 at the Afghan house. Yeah. We needed that. We did. Probably like top five drunken meals I've had in my life, I'd say. Yeah, and then we played lacrosse at 10 a.m. the next day. Yeah, I don't know how that even happened. Well, played is is probably a pretty loose term. <laughs> we showed up. Yeah. I had an assist. Or no, I had a I had a, I had a takeaway. Takeaway, GB, uh, fed a fast break for a goal. What'd you do? What, what stats did you have, Polly? Um, I probably didn't have anything. <laughs> a... A minus effort. Okay. We'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems pretty locked in um, for sure. It, the Caps would have to really biff it 15 points ahead currently of the Islanders who have one game in hand. But they would have to lose out and the Islanders would have to basically win out for them to switch places at this point. Um, right now, we're really just fighting for seeding. Today... The Pittsburgh Penguins unfortunately snapped their losing streak in overtime against Nashville, and like I think it was a three-two win. Um, yeah, I think Sidney Crosby had a point, or a he either had a goal or a point in every of those goals, and he broke fifteen hundred points. I mean, fourteen. I guess fourteen hundred. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I guess we have to like mention that as journalists. Well, I mean, they're the only. Um... He and Ovi are the only two from that draft class that are even in the ballpark. What do you mean? Oh, 1,400 points. Right. I think I saw a stat that um, since like 92 or 93 among active players, the only person with more points than Crosby or Ovechkin is Joe Thornton. Yeah, who's active. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And he's got him by quite a bit, but – Again, yeah, he's like also had 100. like another decade in the league. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, well, speaking of Joe Thornton, yeah. talk about the Sharks. Yep. Uh, Doug Wilson, he has announced this past Thursday that he's going to officially step down from being the GM of the Sharks. And um, he's been in that role since 2003. So he's you know, taken him to, I think – at least one president's trophy, taking him to the cup. Um, he has been out on medical leave since November. So, you know, assuming that, you know, he kind of just made the decision that, you know, he's not coming back because of health reasons. And Joe Will, who's been the day to day GM, is officially the interim for the remainder of the season. Well, good. Good for him. That's good stuff. Um, hope Doug Wilson enjoys retirement and gets his health back. And um, is kind of uh, able to do nothing. Yeah, right. Polly, imagine having a job in which you're like, I don't want to retire. That would be nice. I mean, yeah. that's why there's coaches who are in their 60s, 70s or whatever, and then they retire and then they still end up being analysts because right. can't get away from it. Looking at you, Lindy. Lindy Ruff. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I, 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 I wish him the best. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just to cap it off, uh, 
some league news stuff that we missed on on the 29th. Eugene Melanick, a longtime owner of the Senators, died at age 62. Uh, it was quite surprising and shocking to the hockey world. So condolences to his family. That's uh, you know it sucks. I think uh, I think they kept his illness close to the chest. Either I don't know if it came like on a quick onset or what, but um, said that he uh, he went peacefully with his family. So that's good, but uh, definitely uh, tragic to see him go at, at a relatively young age. So thoughts are thoughts are with his family for sure. Injuries, Polly? Do we have any? Yeah, we got Jack Hughes. He um, has an MCL sprain, and New Jersey has elected to keep him out for the remainder of the season. Which you know, why wouldn't why why rush him back? You know, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, Jack Hughes, um, kid's already a band aid. Hopefully, he can get that together because he's he's super talented. Mm-hmm. And then we have a suspension, Cody or Casey. I don't. Know, I keep doing that. Casey Sezikis. He got one game for boarding Brendan Smith of the Hurricanes. Yeah. And then. Uh, suspension watch on Evgeny Malkin for just massacring somebody's face today. Yeah. Um, just total scumbag shit play, you know, and it's been penguin hate heavy, like even more so than usual on this podcast. But like, you know, I, I view penguins fans as people with like very serious character flaws, you know, like narcissism, psych being a psychopath, sociopath, like on par with that, actually probably like worse than those things because like otherwise good people who support the penguins, like what the fuck like went wrong in your life? Like where, where's the past trauma? I mean, were you just indoctrinated like in a cult? Probably a lot of that, which, you know, that's a pervasive problem amongst all Pittsburgh people. So, you know, I don't know, maybe just like turn the entire city into a parking lot. That would probably help or back to farmland. Maybe, um, it's a, uh, you know, it's a terrible, and again, we're just going to get back into like, sorry, Pam, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but, uh, but, uh, we're going to, we're going to be really honing in here on just how shitty Pittsburgh is. I mean, it's terribly organized city. It's tough to get around. The streets are all fucked sideways. Um, it literally looks like my six-year-old took a crayon and was like, this is how I'm going to design a, design a city. And then drank like three Mountain Dews and went at it. Um, you know, no intelligent design, which really reflects a lot on the population, I think. Uh, poor air quality and water quality, which has been proven to make you dumber. I, I mean, the beer farts, the mouth breathing, all of it, all of it. Um, anyways, Guinea Malkin just really loses his shit here. And then what's the most fucked up part about his actions today. So what happens is he gets tangled up in front of the net, um, takes two hand slash. So like it starts out, he gets a little roughed up in front of the net. Maybe a slash was thrown. Evgeny Malkin turns around two hands, a guy stick out of his hands and then just cross checks him stick side into the teeth. Uh, you know, I've often dreamed of doing that to people, but I've never done it. So, uh, this uh, and I, I don't know who the victim was. Uh, I, I forget, but uh, his defenseman on the Predators, I believe, he lost teeth, plural, and bled. I mean, was bleeding. Surprised he didn't go down. Um, yeah, I was watching the. I searched it on Twitter, and the first video came up was spitting chiclets. And I looked through the comments, and I was surprised that no one was like, "He's literally spitting chiclets." Because he like bent over and you could see him spit a tooth out. Yeah, Mark um, Barawicki, uh, and of course, you know this is a game that he's out, and the Penguins end up winning. You know, um, and then Malkin's like, because you know he talks like, "I like borscht. I don't know why you think that's special soup." He's like, "I don't know." He's got like palms of the air. Like, dude, what do you mean you don't know? You just fucking killed this guy. They gave him a double minor, and they gave Borowicki a fucking offsetting minor. The That should be a major. I mean, you just talked about how... The league just talked about how cross-checking is going to be really cracked down upon. 
Uh, I think Evgeny Malkin deserves five games here. Easy. Yeah, I think five is fair. And, you know, for people who are disagreeing with that, I mean, it he'll be back before the playoffs to so shut up. I mean, honestly, him and then the scumbag move pulled by Crosby, which was just a cold cock to Nick Dowd, his head just punched him in the middle of a play, which was a penalty on the ice. It was just negated by Orlov going down and burying one. Um, I mean, it's like, who? why would you just, why? What, that's not a hockey play. None of the things that happened there were hockey plays. Like, I can understand, you know, getting into a, a heated thing and then like a fight or something. But these were just straight up cheap shots uh, both yeah. times. And again, it's like, how can anybody otherwise good person support a team that has these two motherfuckers on it? It's unbelievable to me. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Crosby and Malkin aren't bad people, but like they show their ass a lot, and I definitely don't yeah, like the way I they mean, play hockey. They definitely, um, they kind of remind me of like when you're playing pickup sports in the neighborhood growing up, and you always got that one whiny ass kid who always throws a fit over something and um, loses his shit, and also kind of a bit of the taking my ball and going home. I mean, they both give off, they give off those vibes. Yeah. And that's why Sidney Crosby never practiced with any of his friends. He was stuck in his mom's basement shooting pucks into a dryer. Yeah. Did he have friends? <laughs> no, none. Uh, funny story. The lady that we were sitting next to in the game, they were like, so the penguin, there's these people that dress like goats and they have, like, Sidney Crosby's jerseys, like, every team that he's ever played on. And it's, like, 20 of them. And they come to, like, one home game a year in Pittsburgh, and, and that's, like, a thing. And I, I guess uh, we we had the unfortunate, uh, you know, <laughs> happenstance into experiencing that. Uh, but, you know, I, I this lady that was sitting next to us was so funny. I was like, I could tell who, who pushed to buy the tickets because she was, like, into it. And her husband was just sitting there, like, kind of being calm. And he's, she's like, well, yeah, he gets crazy when we're watching it on TV, but I, I'm like psyched to be here. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great. And she was very nice. But um, she's like, oh, so why are you Caps fans? Do you, uh, did you, you know, grow up, like, are you from there? And I'm like, no, we live in Wheeling, but I went I went to high school there. And she's like, oh, we couldn't help that. I mean, solid chirps by this old lady, right? So I had to, <laughs> I had to give her, I had to give her a little credit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Crosby should get a fine. I think Malkin should get five games. I think, um, honestly, both of them should just be blackballed out of the league and then we wouldn't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Right. Uh, but there is something that we do have to talk about, and that is DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL right now. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nice. I didn't forget it this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, so you want to talk about the Caps? What everybody's been waiting for? Yeah. All right, Caps fans, it's, it was uh, it was a rough start to a week, uh, but man, did we turn it on! Uh, so, you know, we've got uh, what four games, Polly? Is that right to talk about? Yeah, well, we recorded prior to the Minnesota game last weekend. Mm. I mean, not much to talk about that, right? I mean, they they lost 5-1 to one to Minnesota, yeah. which isn't – I mean, yeah, that's it, a big loss, so that sucks. But it's not like 
they just got beat by the Coyotes. And Minnesota's a good team. I know there were some people thinking that it was like crazy that Minnesota would beat the Caps. And uh, no, Minnesota is a good hockey team. Yeah, they're gonna possibly you know give Calgary or Colorado trouble in the playoffs. So. Uh, losing to them is not the the big disappointment that we thought it was, or that some people think it is. Um, yeah, I mean, what they're second I mean, in their division right now. Um, it's uh, it's tossing between them are, and the Blues, I think. So they are yes, they are two points. No, they're tied with the Blues with a game at hand. So well, there you go, folks. They're I mean, second in the division. Yeah. Um, but I mean. You can go through it quick because it's not fun. Uh, the Wild got two goals in the first two minutes. Eric Sinek and the newly acquired Colin Jost. Or not Colin. Tyson Jost from the Avalanche. <laughs> Colin. Yeah, that, that's the dude from SNL. Um, and the only goal of the second period was X second game of the game. So good fantasy night for me. Too bad I had a bye for the loser's bracket. Me too. And then, uh, you know, the Wild made it 4 to nothing, 30 seconds into the third with Marcus Foligno. He got his 20th of the season. The Caps were able to break the shutout uh, midway in the period on delayed penalty when Ovechkin put one in off a of Hathaway into the net. You know, kind of shitty Hathaway to ruin an Ovi goal. I mean, what, <laughs> is, he, is he getting money on the side from Gretzky? I don't know. But, uh, and they got... Yeah, they got a, a five, they got an empty net goal in the final couple minutes, five to one. Um, I mean, really, one of my biggest takeaways from this game is that Vitek faced eighteen shots, and he only saved fourteen. I mean, that's bad night. Um, Not good. You know, no, that's that that that's one that'll really bring your stats down, and uh, it's one Vitek wants to forget about and. Um, that's the last time he's been in net, I believe. Right, until tonight, until today, uh, which is Sunday against Boston. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, burn the tape on that one, move on. Uh, they had a players meeting, so there's three days in between uh, the Minnesota game Sunday and then Tampa, which happened on the 6th. Uh, we come out and we beat Tampa. The, well, we, the Washington Capitals beat Tampa 4-3. to three. Uh, Pretty, pretty... Uh, Good win there. I mean, it was a hard-fought game. I didn't get to watch all of this game or much of it. Um, I believe we had a playoff game that we were winning for roller hockey. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, which we were like, what, negative four in like a 7-5 victory? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we won 7-5 over a team that, we very easily could have beaten eight nothing, but we didn't show up. Uh, you know, and a big part of that game being close is the fact that Hockey Troll and I, as a defensive pair, uh, yeah, I think we started off the game minus three. Um, if it weren't for my my two goals, or plus minus would have been terrible. Uh, yeah, I, I did say this later in the game, but uh, we were underperforming, but we still won the game and got to watch the highlights and. They were happy highlights to watch. Absolutely, yeah. For Martin Faviari turning things around a little bit. Uh, had kind of a bit of a, a subpar streak uh, the past 10, 15 games, I'd say. Uh, really got it started here five minutes in with his uh, sixth goal of the season. Then two minutes later, another blue liner, John Carlson, made it 2 nothing on the power play. John Carlson on an absolute heater, by the way. Uh, dude's buzzing. Apparently, uh, up to this point, like as of today, in the past three games, he's got like seven points. The dude's fucking on fire. Uh, just over a minute later, though, Kucherov got Tampa on the board. The lead was extended to two again when Ovi went bar down. Uh, and then again, another quick response with Nick Paul scored to make it a 3-2. The only goal of the second period was Carlson's second of the game, again, on a heater. The Bolts scored one in the third. Power play from Ross Colton. Um and the Caps pull out a 5-3 win. A bit inconsistent, but it must be that player-only meeting where everybody, you know, 
was told to get their hat out of their ass and, you know, start playing some good hockey. And this was a pretty dominant win. You know, the, the lightning did not lead or, you know, you know, once points were on the board, they didn't tie, they didn't tie either. So, uh, caps were in full control of this game from the replays and things that I've watched of it, uh, looked like they were playing with purpose for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's really a game they need to show up for, you know, they, they, they have been showing up for the ones that they, I, th- I think they've been rising to the occasion for most games this year. Um, the problem is I think they'll, they lose track of West coast teams and lower teams in the East. And that's, that's where we get these frustrating losses, but yeah, beating Tampa you know, two time defending Stanley cup champion, very possibly could be three in a row. Yep. This is a big win. Yeah, you know, I think the, the Washington Capitals uh, absolutely play down. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's been something they've been doing for a decade, well over a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, never, you know, the best thing about the Washington, wa- playing or watching the Washington Capitals as far as hockey goes is they're always going to give the other team a chance, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. It's always yeah. it always be entertaining. Yeah. Um so moving on to Saturday's game, a matinee, three PM, hockey trail in attendance, uh six three spanking by the caps, two empty net goals though. So a little bit closer than you may have thought, uh, when looking at the final score and I was feeling it for sure, but um, I thought that the, the the Caps played a pretty fucking solid game. Uh, you never know with the Penguins, and you always have to spot them at least a goal and a bad power play, right? So a goal and a power play could be two goals. Uh, that's just the NHL giving them every advantage they can, along with just luck. Uh, always seems to be on the Penguins' side. Uh, funny enough, we got there you know, just in time. We're like getting to our seats. Everybody has to take a potty break. We get to the seats as soon as we sit down. Russ shovels one, shovels a rebound home, and that was really like the only good goal that I thought that the Penguins scored. Uh, just you know, a scramble in front and blown assignments, and Russ is just there in a the soft spot and buries an easy goal. Uh, Mojo though, Marcus Johansson answers sixteen seconds later. Uh, Fast start to this game. The first period was a gong show. Uh, love to see it, though. Marcus Johansson getting his first goal with the Washington Capitals. Uh, great to see it. It happened so quick that, like, I don't think any, hardly anybody in the in, – I, I, I was like, did that go in? That's crazy. Like, yes, that's awesome. Way to get it back. Um, and yeah, then, I mean, I was – Oh, go ahead. Well, I've been in and, like, you know, I'm like, oh, crap. Penn's just scored. And then, like – it just, you know, it felt like one second later in real time, yeah. I was looking up at my life being like, oh, we responded. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I so mean, for Mojo to get his first goal, like, I can't think of a better way than against the Penguins in Pittsburgh with a quick response. Like, that's that's a good way to get your first goal coming back to the Caps. Yeah, and it was a goal with touch, too. I mean, it was high glove, in close. Uh, high glove seems to be Jari's fucking kryptonite. The dude's, I mean, he might as well just not even have that glove hand. Um, and, yeah, he, it was a, it was a, a awesome response. Later on, though, uh, Sidney Crosby threw a just terrible cheap shot uh, to the chin of Dowd. And uh, during the delayed penalty, Orlov comes in and just rifles one home. Uh, nice little clapper for his 11th of the season, you know, Orlov, the most underrated defenseman probably in the NHL, uh, you know, gets it done. Then the period ended with two just really leaky, weak goals. Jeff Carter and, and Brian fucking Boyle, you know, the Jeff Carter goal was a scramble around the, uh, right side of the net and just kind of goes in, uh, Samsonov couldn't track it and, and keep it out. And it looked like it went, like, spurted in five-hole. Just uh, not a good goal to give up. Uh, especially when I had thought the play should have been probably whistled dead. But, hey, you know, that's hockey. Uh, 
then the Brian Boyle goal, uh, Caps fail to clear. Brian Boyle, you know, veteran, big guy, just takes it, goal line extended, and two power strides towards the net, and insult to injury right off of Ilya Samsonov's mask and into the into the net. Uh, Ilya had was down and out in that play, not positioned very well at all, already on his knees, and kind of in an awkward angle. Um, so, you know, I say those two goals are on him to be completely honest. I don't, I didn't like him. Didn't like him very much at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the, the first goal, you know, not his fault, but Carter and Boyle's goals absolutely were Samsonov's mistake. Yeah. Uh, could have played better there. You know, <clears throat> obviously, yeah, the caps could have done a little bit better on the breakout, but Hey, as of late, you know, when the caps are good, they're clearing the zone tape to tape with speed. I mean, as soon as we get possession, it's boom, going the other way. Uh, there's like a second or two delay between when we take possession of the puck and we are crossing our own blue line. That's the type of, I think, hockey that Laviolette wants us to play defensively. And I think that that was something that Todd Reardon, Jesus Christ. I mean, you look back at like the ridiculous amount of like re- reverses that Reardon was, he had to be coaching that, you know, like, okay, well, we're going to slow it down from our own end and then break out in control. But like when you're getting hounded by, I mean, that works with like a young athletic, uh, super fast team, but you're playing with fire in any case there, like starting the breakout with, with total control, uh, as a defenseman, I just think, you know, somebody who's played like not at that level by any means, but like, if you were to tell me like, I'm not going to dish to like the open guy breaking, I'm going to have to like stop play and like just rim it back around deep into our own end. I would be thrown by that. Like I love to play D to D, but I always make sure that that defenseman is like wide. You don't, you don't though, Paulie, you like to force it up the boards. uh, Even if it's a trash play, just like to just stay on, you don't, you don't like to feed me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you, to this day, still do not have an appreciation for my passing talent. <laughs> I, thread, I thread the needle quite often, and you almost never recognize it, but you you definitely point out my less than 10% of bad passes. Well, yeah, because – well, or the amount of times you look me up. You don't even – you don't even give me a look. That's how – this must be the chickens coming home to roost for me not applauding – your passes. I mean, come on. Yeah. You don't even you yeah. don't even fucking look at me anymore, Polly. I'm looking up ice, man. I only go D to D if I don't see something up ice. But that's it's a perfect way to change plane and open up your partner for either movement or or another angle. Yeah, I mean, I dish you the puck when like you never dish me the puck. <laughs> Paulie, you never. How many assists do I have on your goals? Probably a lot. And then how many do you have on mine? Zero. Well, I mean, if you could finish, you'd get my numbers up. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That's true. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways. Anyways. let's. We're talking about the caps here. Let's just not talk about any of my failures. Um <laughs> The the Penguins end up taking uh, three penalties in a row in the second, I believe, and so this is yeah. it was crazy. Uh, it was two two decent calls, and then it's five on three with like a minute left on the or under a minute left on the five on three, and Dumoulin just chips it right out of the rink. So very fortunate for the Caps. Ov comes in and just does work from the office. No look pass from Carlson. I mean, it was a beautiful play. Amazing to see. Uh, I, I don't know how many goals I've actually ever seen Ovi score in, in in person. To be completely honest, it's got to be at least one more. Now that I th- think about it, that might be like the f- no first or second goal I've ever seen him score in re- in live. But man, does when you look at the other shots that guys are taking, and you like can see the puck, like you can see like especially when you're up high because uh, you can see the play develop and you can expect it. But like, dude, when he rifled that thing, it's just like on TV, it just disappears and then ends up like 
denting the twine. It's insane. Crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine people blocking those. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I, like, squeal, like, oh, when he scores and, like, nobody wanted <laughs> Nobody around me wanted to hear that shit, but I didn't give a fuck. Uh, hilarious. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, ties the game from his office, and then it's a back-and-forth game. You know, momentum was swinging both ways. Ilya Samsonov made some pretty good saves down the stretch at the end of the, end of the game, but I think that the boys were playing really well in front of him. You know, sustained pressure, lots of t- turnovers from our four-checking um, core. I mean, everybody was, was really wanting this. And, um, you know, uh, of course, you know, we could talk a little bit about Lars Eller taking a couple penalties back-to-back. Uh, didn't have yeah. the strongest game for sure during this one. Uh, and then, you know, I saw Laviolette trying to place him in different ways to maybe make him not so much of a liability out there. But, um, and I mean, he was making bad passes, but as the game progressed, he got um, a lot better, I thought. Um, but, uh, and, and you know, he's a big guy. He, he plays with, with heart and he plays to his physicality, which I, that's why I love him. But, uh, yeah, not the best showing uh, overall, I don't think, at least in the first period from Lars Eller. But uh, once we were tied, it was really just kind of the both teams came out in the third and were, like, feeling each other out. And then the Caps slowly built momentum. And then Tom Wilson, Ovechkin, on a two-on-one. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, yes. Like, I'm like, this is what I want. And just Tommy – looks off Ovechkin and just rifles one again, glove high on Jari. Uh, and the, the, the air in that arena just was sucked out like a Yinzer beer fart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after that goal was scored, just nobody wanted it. Everybody was pissed off. Then, you know, we get to empty net situation. Uh, Kuznetsov got a short-handed empty netter. And then, like little ants, they just, like rats from a sinking ship. And I put a video of that on Twitter. Just every Penguins fan just, like, got up and left. The second empty net goal, just people were pissed. And it was, I was just eating up every moment of it. I loved it. Hmm. That was a good game for you to go to. Mm-hmm. I will I mean, say was... that the Caps have won every game that I've been to this season in Pittsburgh, just in case anybody was wondering. Well, if they play in the playoffs, you know you got to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to ask my boss to buy me more tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, big win, 6-3 win against the Penguins. The score was much closer, and the game was much closer, and the score indicated uh, 6-3, though. Domination. Um, moving on to today, Sunday, as we're recording, Boston's four – Boston, we, we back-to-back matinee, 1.30 start. Um, scoreless first period. Did you did you get to watch any of this? Did you watch it? No. Okay. No, I, I, we, we missed again because we had hockey. Right, that's right. So roller hockey at four, we had to leave it like three. You had to probably leave it like two thirty. So an hour in is the only thing we got to see. Um, John Carlson got the party started again. Four eleven into the second, the Bees responded with two goals that were later answered by Tom Wilson's twenty third of the season. Two two after two. Uh, by the way, Tom Wilson currently has fifty points, a career high for St. Thomas. Congratulations, uh, Congrats, an elite man. player, an elite player. Um, and then best Lars, goal. oh, sorry, what? Well, the best goal scorer in the NHL as mm-hmm. well. No doubt, no doubt. Um, <laughs> and then Lars Eller gets the game winner. So a little bit of redemption uh, tour for Lars Eller here. In the first half of the final period, Novi got number 45 on an empty netter. Couldn't have written it better. I mean, you know, they say... Uh, they say fact is stranger than fiction sometimes, and this has been quite the week. The Washington Capitals have absolutely turned it around after that Minnesota Wild uh, loss and the ass-kicking handed to them by the Carolina Hurricanes. 
which I live streamed and got really drunk doing. So like, you know, I mean, player only team uh, meeting and rattled off <clears throat> three wins against competitors. Now, unfortunately, the Nashville Predators could not get it done against the Penguins who won in overtime, as we discussed earlier, which is bullshit. Um, so they're still two two points ahead of us, but beating them on Saturday was a huge four-point swing. Really, that's going to matter for sure. That game had implications. The last three games have implications for the entire playoff scenario for the Washington Capitals. These are important games for us now, and um, I like it. Caps look good. You know, I don't see the Washington Capitals going deep, to be completely honest. We talked about this last week. Uh, but it, it's it's good to see because, you know, as long as the Penguins lose, it's also a win, right? I mean, they're going to play the Rangers, who I think they've scored one five-on-five goal against in their entire series this season. So that's going to be utter domination, we would hope. But uh, should we go yeah. over our predictions? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you were spot on with OV goals. You said three. He had three. I yep. was one shy. Yep. And I predicted undefeated, and I was correct. You and were? you were wrong with two, two and one. Um, Why do you enjoy saying I was wrong so much? I just feel like the – I feel like there was an extra little, like, jab put into that. You were wrong. Well, because – and I quote, I'm never wrong. Well, I told you that I that I was doing the reverse karma thing again this week. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Okay, that's just your like your backup plan to cover your ass. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. Um, well, I'm glad you were right, Polly. I support you yeah, and your too. successes, unlike Thank some you. people. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass you a puck in our, our next game. I doubt it. I doubt it a lot. But, okay. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, Cap's pretty dominant for the for this three-game stretch. Undefeated. Huge six points. Four-point swing, including four-point swing against Pittsburgh. Um, next week's games, what do we got? Philly at home. And then a, a Canadian trip, going to go up to Toronto and then up to Montreal, a game in between each of the – or a day in between each of these games. So first game is Tuesday, and then it'll be Thursday, Saturday. Nice. Um, Canadian trip, let's hope nobody gets COVID. Looking at you, Lars Eller. I think he's, right? Yeah, he's been, he's been fucked over on this every time we've gone longer distance in like uh, the Midwest – so, looking for a six-game winning streak at the end of this week. I'm going. We're going three and zero. I don't think Toronto is worth a shit. I think, uh, and we're going to talk about this on Thursday. There's been some some buzz around Austin Matthews' dominant goal scoring uh, rip that he's on, and he's done very well. And the comparisons that I think people are throwing around just a little too haphazardly when comparing him to Ovechkin. Um, so I'll be talking about that in the hockey troll hip check next week. What are you going to be talking about, Polly? I'm going to talk about college hockey. The frozen four just wrapped up and there are, um, as with every season, there's guys who, as the season ends, they're starting their pro career. So we're going to talk about some of those guys. Yep. So they're getting out of college and signing on with their pro club. Um, all right. And so, I'm saying three and zero. What are you saying, Polly? I'm going three and zero. I think I feel good right now. Feel good we about have the Caps. Um, you know, the Caps have ten games left. Mm-hmm. Is Ovi going to get to fifty? And what's he at now? Forty six. Forty five. Uh, by the way, the only player in NHL history to have had as many forty five goal seasons as he has. Another little side benchmark, uh, side quest in which he's knocking off. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think he has three goals. Three goals this week. I'm going to get real crazy. I, th- I think he has four. Ooh, Polly. Polly. Okay, good. Love the good mojo here. Um, you know, 
Philadelphia's got nothing to play for. Toronto does, and Montreal's in the basement. So I think Mont- or Toronto's probably on on the books. A pretty heavy rivalry there, or going to be the hardest game. But hey, you know what? Philadelphia could pull one out on us. Again, we've just talked about, and Montreal, we talked about how the Washington Capitals love to play down. Let's not do that this week, Caps. Right. All right. Well, Caps fans, that's going to be it for us for this amazing Monday episode. I hope you liked it. If you did really, really like it, go to wherever you can rate us and give us five stars only. Five stars only. And tune in to us on Thursday where, again, I'll be talking about the Matthews versus Ovi debate. And Polly will be talking about the NCAA Frozen Four tournament and what college players we're going to likely see either in the lineup soon or at least by next year. Guys who have given up their eligibility, right, Polly? Yeah, and they're, they're uh, signing NHL contracts. Yeah, all right. Well, check us out on Thursday. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.